Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. So glad you're able to join us for our service. As we begin, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love in our lives. It's always nice to be chosen, to be selected, to be remembered. And we just want to think about that today as we look at how you've invited us to follow you and be your disciples. Teach us what you'd have us know. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's my guess that we've all done it. In fact, it seems no childhood would be complete without playing at least one game of it. Florida artist and sculptor W. Stanley Proctor captures both the free spirit and the conforming nature of the game in this wonderful sculpture by the harbor in Ludington, Michigan, titled simply, Follow the Leader. We know the game. One person at the head of the line is designated to be the leader, and all those who come behind must replicate the movements, the actions of the leader. Of course, the fun of it for the leader is to try to attempt greater feats than those following can do. Maybe jump across the stream at a, at a wide spot or balance on some precarious object. Moving beyond the childhood game of follow the leader, today we know about following a person from Facebook. We can choose to be a follower, or if we like something and click on that, a, a friend's post, we, we tell them we like something, the algorithms and Facebook turn us into a follower. And what does that mean? It means things that posts that are seen on, on their, in their site can be seen on your news feed, and because you follow them, you get to see pictures of their trips and learn about where they enjoy traveling. And you see stories and quotes that they post and read their comments about all kinds of issues. I find it fascinating that, that when Jesus wanted to recruit his original disciples, there wasn't a contract to sign. It doesn't appear that they were required to be baptized. He, he simply interrupted their lives by inviting them to follow him a divine game of follow the leader. The invitation seems to have been for them to, to join him in the extraordinarily ordinary coming and going of his life. You see, they didn't, they didn't just catch the train or the trolley to zip from Galilee down to Jerusalem and no Uber picked him up in Jerusalem to take him further down the road to Jericho to see Zacchaeus. They walked. Not just a long morning or afternoon stroll, but for the multiple days, a long, a long way, they watched Jesus as they were going along, watched him living his life. They listened to his teachings. They observed the interactions with both his friends and enemies. They talked and argued and learned. They, liked, they likely camped out along the way and would sit around campfire and reflect on the day's journey. Maybe they would sometimes rely on the hospitality of people and watch how Jesus treated their hosts. They heard stories, they saw miracles, they experienced Jesus and each other. In our imaginations, being a disciple then was much more simple and in fact seems easier 
I mean, Jesus was right there. They could see him and touch him and watch him. Observation, study, obedience, and imitation marked their time with Jesus. He would start a story, inviting observation. He would say, look at the lilies of the field. Consider the birds of the air. He would share a concept, and as they listened, they would ponder and wonder, and finally, eventually, they would ask him to give an explanation as to what he meant. They wanted to study it further. He said to them that they would do what he did, and even greater things because they followed the leader more and more. As is so easy for us humans, we've complicated and warped the concept of being a disciple. Christ's plan seems to be that he invites people into an amazing game of follow the leader. And those followers who are, are those who comprise his disciples. One of the popular books used in churches these days seems to be called, is called the, uh, the Lost Art of Disciple Making. And it suggests and, or, and presents the Christian life on three possible levels. The convert, the disciple, and then the worker. The concept is laid out that evangelists and evangelism produces converts. Establishing or follow up with those converts produces disciples. And equipping those disciples produces workers. This picture of church life seems to not demand discipleship of all followers or that all disciples will be workers in God's vineyard. It seems to promise levels of being a follower rather than the reality that you either are or are not a follower of Jesus. I want you to hear clearly today that a whole life disciple of Jesus is the only option for all followers of Jesus to be a follower is to be a disciple. Part of the confusion has come from our making converts to a particular faith or a practice, a particular denomination, and baptizing people into church membership rather than as disciples of Jesus Christ. In an ideal world, membership in the body of Christ comes with the decision to follow Jesus, which means to be a disciple of Jesus. And if we would get these carts and horses in the right order, it'd be more difficult to have disciples of belief systems who are not first and foremost also disciples of Christ. A follower wants to be like the one they follow. A disciple of a master, like a master artist or master craftsman, wants to conform to the style and method and practice of the master to become like the master. Jesus made it clear, made it maybe painfully clear when he said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. We may be trapped by what we imagine it means to deny ourselves. We we think of self-denial as the giving up of something, like doing without maybe certain conveniences or pleasures or luxuries in order to have resources to contribute to some good cause. That may be included here, but what Jesus means is for us to live our lives 24-7, saying no to self and yes to God. It's about who is in charge. It's taking ourselves out of the driver's seat and offering that place in our lives to God. Again, here in this case, we as disciples are imitating our Lord who constantly throughout his ministry said that he came not to do his own will, 
but the will of the one who sent him, to conform to the Father's will. Jesus said that being a disciple means taking up our cross and following him. The cross we are taking up is the burden of sacrifice. Walking with Jesus, following Jesus, may mean the sacrifice of relationships or career, economics, or it may just mean the sacrifice of learning how to love our enemies, to forgive those who offend us, to bless those who curse us, to to walk the second mile with the oppressor, to manifest in our everyday, ordinary living grace and peace and joy of a disciple of Jesus. I recognize that that we all have varying comfort levels with risk. I remember sitting in a financial planner's office years ago, thinking about how to invest funds for the future. The guy had us take a, a risk assessment to determine our level of risk tolerance. The planner knows that if he, if he invests our funds in stocks with higher risk and and we have low risk tolerance that when the, the market takes a dip, we're going to get on the phone calling him. and He's going to have lots of phone calls. But he also knows that if we have a high risk tolerance and he puts us in too conservative of an investment, we're going to complain at the slow growth of our funds. Whether you are a high risk uh, person or a risk averse person for your IRA investments, the call of Christ is for you to go all in to wager your whole life that there is, there is a God, that Christ is the Savior, that you have a glorious future. And you can sacrifice for others because in the light of eternity, it's really no sacrifice at all. Becoming a disciple of Jesus is exactly the same as becoming a follower of Jesus. In the complete book of discipleship, Bill Hull writes this, a disciple is the normal Christian who follows Christ. A disciple is the normal Christian who follows Christ. In our Western narcissistic individualistic minds, it's easy for us, if if we choose, to make this very personal, very individual affair. But when Paul wrote to the saints at Ephesus, while we may tend to read it as if he were writing just to us individually, it was to the group of disciples called the church. The incredible promises, the challenges he offers, the the results he predicts, almost every time he says you, it's plural. If he had been from the northern states of our country, he might have written you guys or even use guys. Um, Undoubtedly, he had been from the south, he would have drawled y'all in his letter. In Ephesians 4 verse 11, Paul reminds his readers that Jesus designated and gave special gifts, special niches in his, for ministry. He, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Each of these is a disciple. Each is wishing to be transformed more and more into the very image of Jesus, to be like the master. And this unique gifting has been given to as a means to that end. It's like Paul is anticipating our question, why did he do this? Why did Jesus make apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Because the next verse says this, to prepare God's people for works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I used to read that, and it felt like a pretty high mountain to climb. I mean, for me to rise up to reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, it seemed heavy because I read it with my Western worldview of individualism. But now I get it. It is the body of Christ, the unity of the faith, the collective that reaches the full measure. You bring a measure of that fullness I can't even see or don't even imagine, I certainly can't exhibit, and vice versa. I bring a measure that you don't bring. This has to be the case because as new followers of Jesus come on board, as, as a result of our making disciples of gospel commission, those newborn are, are on, their own, on their own would be infants and be at risk. Verse 14 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves of blown here and there by every wind of doctrine and teaching by cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. Being a whole life disciple is not a solo part. But we are, we're one of the choir. The, the times when we are a little hoarse in the voice and those beside us that sort of carry the day. That, that time our, our partner comes to the choir unprepared, we, we step up and help bring them up to speed. The choir director, Jesus, arranges us either to stand by someone to help or to be helped. None of us is expected to or is capable of being the whole choir. Listen, the same is true of being a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Being a disciple is extraordinarily ordinary. Dallas Willard writes, The tiny group of, of whom Jesus gave this great commission were very ordinary people indeed. But people for about three years who had chosen to be with him in the most intimate of fellowship they watched him live. They manifest his presence in the action of the kingdom of God. They received day by day the personal influence of his teaching and direction and correction. They watched him die, knew him beyond death. Perfect they were not. But in his fellowship, that was simply not an issue. Everything turned upon what they were learning and who was mastering them. We're called to be followers of Jesus, his disciples. We follow best when we support each other in the following. And, and we recognize that a whole life disciple is simply a person who wishes to follow Jesus and be transformed more and more into his image. And who recognizes that as much transforming as is needed, that the distance between who I am and who he is is so vast that this is a never-ending journey. I'm reminded of the man who wished for his son to be healed by Jesus and said to Jesus, if you can. And Jesus challenged his lack of faith and he pled, oh, Jesus, help my son and help my unbelief, you know, kind of thing. That's how I feel about surrendering to Jesus, to his leadership in this divine game of follow the leader. I want to, and, and sometimes I do, just tell him, I surrender to you. Take charge. 
And then I realized that, that I'm not sure I even know what it means to surrender. And so I asked him, just take me, you know, as much as I know how I surrender, but what I'm not, don't know how to surrender, you just take it because there's just one place I want to be. And that's your disciple. Just playing, follow the leader behind you. All my plans, directions, guidelines, journeys elsewhere, I surrender. I just want to follow your lead. I encourage you to make or renew, maybe for the zillionth time, that decision today to follow Jesus and be his disciple. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.